1: The Chumba life is for everybody So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply, see website for details Hello
0: and welcome to a, a very remarkably special uh, Tennis Scottish Football Podcast uh, I'm Graham Phillips. I'm joined today by Craig Anderson Hello and we're also joined by Scotland Men National Teams Manager, Steve Clark. Hello, Steve. Hello, how are we doing? Very well. Um, uh, it's a, a bit of a, a, a surprise today uh, for, I think, everybody as well, so we're delighted to be here. Big thanks to Scottish FA for having us along and you for giving up the time today to have a chat to a couple of jobbers that have never kicked a ball in their life, so thanks very much for that. No problem. Obviously, it's a, it's a long 3 months between the last international
2: and the next international, so... I thought I'd fill my time doing something a little bit different
1: <laughs> Can we just start us off? Yeah, um, so obviously you have spent the last year and a half in it And I it thoroughly enjoyed watching that Kilmarnock team um, as the manager there And you had access to the players every day And you could get them kind of set up to, to look like a really good team Now coming to Scotland manager and you only get kind of a short period of time to work with the players How do you How have you coped with that adjustment and how do you try and deal with it?
2: I think you, you try and you try and deal with it in, in a different way. Obviously, you don't have the, the day to day to day interaction, so you have to try and get your message across quickly. I, I think I said when I took over the job that it, it might take me eight, nine, ten training camps before you actually feel comfortable or the players feel comfortable coming into the coming into the squad and, and knowing what's expected of them. Hopefully, we've accelerated that a little bit because we've got <laughs> we've got a crucial game coming up against Israel here in March. Uh, and, and hopefully on the back of you a good win in that game we've we've got a, a potential final humdinger, if you like, against Norway or Serbia to to actually get to the Euro 2020s. So it's been a it's been a good learning experience for me. And I, I think with the performances of the team in the last two games, uh, it gives everybody a, a little bit of hope and optimism going into March.
1: Yeah, and and so you said about your kind of your plan these kind of ten games would be how long it might take you to work with them and obviously that has accelerated what do you feel the identity of the, the Scotland team will be you, you know you had a kind of strong There's a strong sense from the command team that you had of what, what they were trying to do and what the identity of that team was what do you see that identity of the Scotland team being under Steve Clark I so think
2: it's probably a little bit more fluid with the, with the national team than, than it is with a club team because you'll always have different players available uh, obviously injuries are going to play a key part of that players go away with a club and Sometimes they're selected Sometimes they're not selected So if players are not being selected For their club It's more difficult to select them For the international So it's a little bit more fluid Uh, I'd like to think always That people will look at my team And and say well, I can see what they're trying to do They're well organised I'd like to Stop conceding goals I think we concede Too many goals Uh, Even in the the last two games Against Cyprus and and Kazakhstan We gave away two goals That that I feel could have been prevented Uh, So if we can tighten up at the back, I think we've got players who'll always create chances and score goals. So it's it's important that we become a little bit more difficult to score against.
0: Um, obviously, when you, when you when you took over the role, uh, Belgium and Russia as a as a back to back was
2: good way to start. Eh?
0: It's just about as we're going to say just about as difficult a start as you could as you could really have had in the group. Um, what were the, the, the real sort of takeaways that you took from those games? What did you learn from those games? In particular, as you said, it's, it's a very difficult way to come into a job. It's very difficult for the players to, to, to start developing that, that identity as a team. So what were, what were the the main things that you learned from it? I think that, that run of fixtures w- was particularly difficult because obviously it was
2: Belgium-Russia. Belgium-Russia, those four games together were, were really difficult. And Normally, between the difficult games in any section, you get a game... A game that's winnable. Uh, We we didn't have that luxury, so to lose and lose and lose and lose suddenly becomes a little bit wearing for the players. Uh, What did I learn from it? Uh, A lot, because you learn more in defeat than than you do in in victory sometimes. So it was good to watch Belgium play, to see the standard and the level. And to be honest, we have to accept that we're not close to that level at this moment in time. Uh, we, We have to aspire to be as good as Belgium. Probably the the, the two Russian games were the were the biggest disappointments because we started really well here at Hamden against them, got ourselves in front, and and for reasons that are really difficult to to define or, or to put your finger on, we we allowed that game to slip away from us in, in a way that, that that we probably shouldn't have done. I don't think we should have lost that game having been in front. I don't think we should have lost it. Like I said, we conceded goals, which it's, which we. We could have prevented and I think we better defend and we should have prevented. Uh, the game in Russia, I thought for an hour we were very competitive, uh, really good in the game. But then to concede a goal and to collapse the way we did after that was, was really disappointing. I said at the time, I hope that's a, a low point and we can build from that. And since then, we've had three victories, which is good for confidence and obviously good for for the players. They feel better about themselves. They understand uh, what you have to do to get results at international level but the short answer is at this moment in time we're, we're too far away from Belgium the, the top teams are, are better than us uh, and we have to find a way to be much more competitive against the tier 2 teams or the level 2 teams That so the, the team seeded two. I think we, we should have been more competitive we should have been able to get a result against Russia and that's something that we have to we have to put right No, in, in that group section we, we played to our seeding we were seeded 3 we finished 3rd in the group uh, is that something to celebrate? No, but it could have been worse. We could have finished fourth and then you play below your seed. So small steps. Uh, as a manager, you're always looking for the little <laughs> positives. So so we play to our level, uh, but we have to learn how to play above our level and and hopefully in the coming matches, in the coming years, if I get that long in the job, that we, we become a, a seed, a second seed rather than a third seed.
0: And then start punching off from there, ideally like, as
2: well. So, yeah, that's what yeah. you have to do, but yeah. you have to make it in small steps. So yeah. If you if you see the third, you have to make sure that the minimum is you finish in that third seed position yeah. uh, and then you try and chip away and, and become a second seed. And then once you become a second seed, you, your um, ultimate ambition would be to chip away and, and become a top seed, which yeah. at the moment looks a long way away, but in international football, sometimes it's not. It can be a little bit cyclical and things can change quite quickly. One, one team that's suddenly very good just now can, can lose three or four key players and, and not be as good in the future.
0: Excellent. Um, you've spoken previously as well about the, the importance of your, your early experiences in football and how those shapes you as a player and shapes you as a coach as well, and then following on from that as a, as a coach you've been alongside Gullet and uh, Mourinho and Doug and you've been against some of the, the sort of the biggest names in world football as a manager as well. Have you taken influences from every single one of them, or is there one which has been a, a sort of a, a bigger influence on you throughout your career?
2: No, I think you you always take little bits from I think from every manager that you've ever played with, even the ones you didn't like as a, as a player, the ones that didn't play you. <laughs> it's uh, learning more in defeat again. No, you, you learn and you look at them and you think as a player if you got a manager that doesn't play you, leaves you out the team, how does he handle the situation? Is he good to you? Does he talk to you? Does he ignore you? Uh, does he try and push you out of the club you look at all those little things how people handle you uh, as a person and and I think the, if you've gone through them all I mean the, the, all the people that you mentioned there are great you didn't mention Sir Bobby Robson who was course, was yeah. fantastic uh, I worked with Bobby in Newcastle for a very short spell but learned a lot from him about in terms of how to handle people, how to how to deal with the human side of footballers, which sometimes people forget about because they are human and they've got problems like everybody else. And Bobby was great at man management. Uh, I worked with Mourinho, who was very, very precise on details and very intense and very driven. And that was a fantastic experience. On the back of that, I went to work with Kenny, Kenny Douglas, uh, Sir Kenny Douglas. (laughs) And was almost... The complete opposite of Mourinho. I'm not saying Kenny wasn't focused. He wanted to win. He, he had the, the same, uh, same desire same same need to win as, a, as any top professional. But w- was totally different to to uh, Jose Mourinho. And Kenny was a little bit more laid back and allowed the players a little bit more leeway. And and always said you'll get you'll get something back from the players. Mm-hmm. And we had good success at Liverpool as well with Kenny. So always looking. Uh, different people have different ways of working. I try to take the best from all of them, try not to use the worst of any of them, and, and and try to just be me as, as a manager. I didn't try to copy anybody. You just have to be yourself. I've got my own style, my own way. Uh, I'm not, believe it. Well, you, probably on the back of this, not very talkative. Don't, don't over speak to people. Uh, can be a strength, can be a flaw. But that's me. That's just the way I am. So. Someone, someone said to me many years ago just be yourself and if that's good enough then that's fine.
1: What is it you think that those people saw in you that made them want to work with you? What do you think Josie Mourinho what do you think Kenny Duglish saw that made you think I want this guy? Well,
2: aside from the obvious fantastic talent <laughs> uh, No, I, th- I think the fact that I'm a very honest person uh, I think when, if you're an assistant it's good to support a manager and, and be with a manager but uh, it's, it's also really important that they know that you've got an honest person at the side and if you need to say something that might upset somebody, uh, you have to say it. So I'm a very honest person so I think that, that's a that's a good trait for for any person to have but I think as a, an assistant manager or a coach it's, it's very important for a manager to have a, an assistant who's honest.
0: Have you found your, your relationship with other managers has, has changed now that you're a Scotland manager and you're asking them to give up a little bit more can we, can we, can we have your players for a, for a period of time as
2: well? Believe it or not I don't actually ask the managers I just pick the squad <laughs> out just <breaking laughs> a list. you just
0: pick the squad you put the squad out obviously
2: the, the clubs all get informed that you're picking the players so in terms of that relationship with other managers not really changed the only difference is you don't see them periodically on the side of the pitch because I'm no longer required to stand on the side <laughs> of the pitch except in international games so not, no real change in relationships with managers, uh, if I bump into any of them, you spend the time of day, you're polite, you're courteous, but they've got their job to do and I've got my job to do.
0: Yeah. On our podcast, Steve, as well, one of the things we, we do regularly is we have a session called Do Me A Solid, where you pick footballers to do a job for you, essentially, which is very often not even vaguely related to football, but you know the personalities and you think, or we think we know the personalities, we don't know the personalities, we don't know who they are. So we put together a couple of scenarios, and I wonder whether you'd want to pick one with us as well. <laughs> so the the first one is uh, Scotland reach the playoff final, and it ends in a draw, and there's a penalty shootout and the penalty shootout just goes on for hours. Just players keep scoring, keep scoring, keep scoring. So you, the referee steps in and says, "What we're going to do is, for in order to decide what's going to happen here, who's going to progress to Euro 2020, we're going to have a talent show. So we need to pick a player. We need to Scotland need to." Give us a player from the squad who's going to do a talent show. Would you like to select someone who, who, in that situation as a manager, who are you picking as the as the member of the Scotland squad to step forward, send Scotland to Euro 2020 with whichever remarkable talent that they have? Wow. <laughs> that. That's the
2: kind of question you don't really expect to get. But a big carry-on, I'm sorry. Manager. I would uh, I'd probably mention Stephen O'Donnell and Stephen can do a bit of everything we were talking about off air a little bit earlier and how he can bake a lovely cake or yep. nice Empire biscuits but I think Stephen would have the he would have the necessary skills to entertain the, the judges in whichever way we felt necessary to win
0: and uh, just just one final one as well that um, for, again we reached the playoff final and just before it you have to throw a curveball and they say What you get is you actually got a twelfth player, but it can only be selected from the the national team coaching staff as it is. So you've got to pick a twelfth player, but it can only be you can't draft in somebody at the very last minute and your coaching staff has to be one of the existing coaching staff. So who of the coaching staff gets to be the twelfth player to help Scotland qualify for Euro twenty twenty in the playoff final? That one's so easy it's me.
2: <laughs> pick it, pick I always it. said I never got enough Scottish cap so if I could give myself another cap that would be absolutely 100% what I would do. Magic. Uh,
0: thanks so much for your time today. Steve. Yeah, no worries, thanks. really, really do appreciate you, you, you giving up your time for us and thanks to SFA for allowing us to do this as well. Um, obviously the, the Scotland-Israel game is coming up, there are, there are still tickets available um, although which are rapidly running out, I believe, and we, we obviously want Hamden to be as, as full and as busy and as, as boisterous and to be that atmosphere on the on the night here at Hamden. It's it's Scotland fans' chance to really make a difference for the team coming out as well. Absolutely,
2: I think it's really important that we get a full house, uh, a full house at Hamden with the Tartan Army and full voice can be a big big advantage for us, uh, no matter which country we're playing. Okay. So, I'm I'm sure I've said it consistently. I'm sure that when it comes to the big games here at Hamden, the, the Tartan Army are always there. They're always they're always there to support their country and they'll be here in March and hopefully we can give them plenty to sing about and be happy about.
0: And we'll certainly be here as well. You can get tickets on the uh, tickets.scottishfa.co.uk so please do join us here on the evening. Uh, have a couple of cans and really enjoy yourself on the day as well. Have a great time and we'll hopefully see us through to the player final and then on Euro 2020 beyond that. So thanks again, Steve. Right. And thanks for so the much. invite. Thank, Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.